91.5 The Rebel HD2. Talk to talk, we talk to talk from the shots that's called to the tomahawks to the league boss and the ones who lost. Give it to me once, I don't drop the ball to the home runs that was out the park. Kershaw when I'm pitching off, Kobe the Howard, he looking soft. LA Rams in the city, y'all got special guests, got breaking news. Come talk to talk with Chatterbox. Hey, 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 I'm telling you, it's a whole different vibe when. I know that I got 2K1G leading me into this edition of Talk That Talk. Once again, if you guys are just tuning in, you guys are at the start, at the, I was about to say the peak, but I guess that's it. But you are at the start of Talk That Talk. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson. You are listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNLV. We are recording live from the basement of UNLV here at the Greenspun Urban Affairs building here at UNLV's campus. And you know what's funny? I want to actually start off this show with a huge shout out, with a huge shout out to a name that I say on this on this show very, very much. Um, but that name is Steve Weish. And I want to shout out to Steve Weish one more time because <laughs> I know for a fact that uh, if you don't know who Steve Weish is, Steve Weish is somebody who has um, paved a way for journalists coming up in this uh, in this industry, and um, he works for NFL currently, uh, NFL Network currently. And Steve Weish is the man who broke Colin Kaepernick's uh, kneeling story originally, so he's the person who broke that story. And um, just a mentor of mine, somebody who I've who I've looked up to for a really, really long time, somebody who I bounce ideas off of, somebody who I just use as a soundboard a lot. Um, I want to say shout out to him and I want to start the show with him because he told me something years ago that I know for a fact if he's listening to this show, he's probably going to laugh. And <laughs> I want to tell him that I appreciate him for ignoring some of the things that i'm sure he sees on twitter that he's just like what is this so the reason why i say that is because he's always taught me when you have a radio show and you have a podcast and you write and you have all these different things don't give too many of your opinion your opinions away for free and i'm gonna say that one more time and i let it breathe for a reason he's always taught me to never give your opinions away for free. And let me actually tighten that up because it wasn't necessarily to never give them away, but pick and choose your spots. If you notice you're going to comment, and like you said, if you notice you're, not only are you going to comment on something, but if you know that there are people who want to hear your side, 140 characters aren't going to do it. And that really stuck with me. So the reason why I want to start that show or this show that way is because there's so many different things that we still have to talk about and so many different things that we're going to talk about. And I have somebody who's on their way to the studio right now. We'll see how long that takes. But um, yeah, and I, once again, I'm going to say that name one more time, but that's Steve Weish for thank you for giving me that little bit of information. And I'm sure that like, like he said, or like I said, he looks on Twitter and he sees certain things that I tweet and he's like, 
save it for the radio show. But he's absolutely right. And hopefully I did it the proper way this time. But we got a full, a full deck, a full slate, whatever you want to call it, a full rundown, whatever you want to call it. Um, for today's show, we're talking UNLV sports, both basketball and football. We're talking some, speaking of college football, we're talking about Tua's hip injury. We're talking about Carmelo Anthony being back in the NBA. We're talking about the Browns and the Steelers, their brawl on Thursday night. We're talking about the Astros potentially cheating allegations. We're talking about Colin Kaepernick's workout. We're talking about MLB awards. It's a lot going on today. It's a lot going on today. So as usual, uh, I would usually use this little moment as like my buffer time. Um... But uh, I would usually use it as my buffer time, but I guess I'm going to wait until we get the second person in the studio to go ahead and get that banter going. But um, to, to try to figure out how I want to word this. To have been a weekend where Friday night there was an away basketball game. Granted, it was in California, so I normally would have went, but I didn't go this time. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to do this away game from home. Despite it being an away game on Friday and still having an early game on Saturday, a one o'clock start on Saturday to, to uh, the homecoming game against Hawaii, I am still extremely tired. Like, in all seriousness, like, I think my sleeping pattern is just completely shot. Like, from doing overnight security to having morning classes. In all seriousness, guys, to everybody that's out here listening, anybody who's under my ears right now, or who's um, under the sound of my voice right now, take care of yourself first. Please take care of yourself. Listen to your body when it's literally telling you something's not right. Just pay attention to it. Um, but as I said before, um, got some excitement today for for many reasons. So we're going to start as we typically do with our um, UNLV blog with our Las Vegas uh, sports block. And I haven't mentioned too much about the Golden Knights, and uh, hopefully we can change that next week, and I'll start giving you guys a Golden Knight update as well. But I wanted to focus on UNLV sports, basketball, and um, football specific this time around um, as the person just uh, walked into the studio right now. So we're about to get the second mic cut on. But um, So, yeah, so I'm sitting at home Friday night, and as a matter of fact, let me go ahead and cut on the mic now. But um, D Hoop is in the building. Daryl Harris is in the building. Um, How y'all doing? Oh, man. I was just actually starting off. Uh, I guess I just did kind of like a little bit of the debriefing period real quick. But um, only thing I was saying was that for a game to or for a weekend to have an away basketball game on Saturday on Friday, an early game on Saturday, I've still been extremely tired this weekend. Bro. Like, is- I have been. You tweeted one of the greatest things in, in life. I, and the thing is, I tweeted that for myself. For for your, I know it was. So it was for your sanity. Please explain what you tweeted and why it was so poignant. Man, I don't even know what day this was. It might have been. It was Thursday. yesterday. It was, it was Thursday or Friday for sure. I thought it was yesterday. Could have been yesterday. No, it was Friday. I think it was Friday. Because I, when I saw it yesterday, it was ten hours ago, and I was like, "Bro, right now, that's the way I feel. Right now, right, like right." Either now. way, <laughs> I said my social battery is beyond expired. I like the beyond too. It was like, yo, don't even try to talk to me. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm just gonna stare at you, like, and not even like it's dead. Like, no, it's expired. It's it is tapped. And, see, <laughs> and I, I, I like the way you worded morning, it because you can't answer. Like, when is it coming back? I, mm-hmm. I woke up this morning and I was like, why do I have a full day? <laughs> even on days where I felt like I had nothing to do. 
I ended up having something. You know what? Shout out to um. Can you hear? Oh, the headphones. I got you right now. Um. Shout out to Elliot, man. I know you know what I'm talking about. Shout out to E. Man, me and him was talking. I forgot which day it was. Me and him was talking. And um and we were talking we were talking about the same thing. We were like, I feel like I just can't get ahead. Like this year is just tough. And me and him came to the conclusion of <laughs> senior year, yes, it's fun. But you gotta come to a realization of senior year. At your university, there's something due every week. And it's something significant due every week. Every week. Every week I've had to have a crazy reading response. I've had to have something. Like whether it's a full-blown essay, whether it's a full-blown – I've had a television pitch. Like I'm like every week. It's some, I got to read a book. <laughs> like what, what are you doing right I now? I got to read a book. <laughs> like, what are you, I got to read the whole book? Like right now? All of it? Like and, and still attend my other classes you mean? Like, and still go to work? All right, relax. Man. This is a lot. What are you asking me to do right now? Yeah, man. Hey. You think that statement of work with your teachers, that my social, <laughs> my social battery has expired? I'm just, I don't want, I don't want to shot. be talked to. It's worth a shot. You know what? You, you, tell, a, you tell a teacher like Michael Easter that, and he'll be like, I feel you. <laughs> I, I feel I like got Easter again this semester. <laughs> Easter's I'm, so dope, bro. Yeah. Shout no, out to Michael Easter, that's too. That's super, super clutch. That's somebody who's kind of unspoken. Like, you got me, right? Oh, for sure. If Upper anybody division, got you, he you, got you. You understand, right? He got you for sure. If anybody do. You got anything you want to get off your chest? That was the main thing I wanted to say because in all seriousness, I did tell the listeners, I'm learning. I mean, I'm truthfully learning. Listen to your body. Like, I mean, yeah. yo, I've always been taught and rest in peace to my Auntie Rose. Shout out to my Auntie Rose and shout out to the Rose gang. Um, <laughs> she is, she, she was such a, she was such a, just a, a tremendous spirit I'm, tr I'm trying to say it without cursing mm -hmm. but she used to always say if you don't sit down gotta sit you down and it was something that was so simplistic but it's factual like if you keep getting signs that you should probably take a break that you should probably sit down don't let life humble you to the point to where it sits you down fam yeah you, we could do this. They said this in the boondocks. We could do this the easy way or the hard way. It's going to get done either way. But either way. <laughs> Just so you know. No, nah, I'm good, man. That's a, I feel like that's a great intro, man. If anything, that you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, man. But um, you want to go ahead and get to this to, to this basketball talk real quick? You want to yeah. talk about this California road trip? Yeah, we could do that, man. All right, man. Um, I, We have a lot to get to, so I don't want to harbor too much on the first game. Uh, But. I'll talk about the first game in this sense. That loss at Cal, that four-point loss, I believe it was 75-79, something along the lines of that. Yeah. Uh, another overtime Thank loss. You. That's what I want to talk about. Because the following game after that, the loss to UCLA wasn't as close. It was a 71-54 uh, win for UCLA, led by as much as 22 in the first half, yeah. led by 20 in the second half. However, the Rebels cut it to as close as nine. Mm -hmm. That's the part where we're probably – talk about but just overall encompassing it i had to realize what my lead was going to be for this latest story which is the ucla story and i was like hmm, do i want to just lead with what happened in the game nah do i want to lead with where are we at right now four games yeah. into the year let me lead with where we're at in the season let me just capsulate the season what are we were one in three. Oh, my lead is three straight losses i'm starting to type up my lead and then i was like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute yeah. comma Albeit against Power Five schools, I, think, I just feel like people yeah. should understand that. No, that's definitely uh, accurate and 
important information um, because if anything, if you divide the season up, I feel like this was the first leg of our season. Exactly. And no matter what, a great start is great, but you want to know where you are at some point sooner than later. Right. Uh, that test matters because you don't want to get the conference and feel big and bad. Right. Um, I see undefeated teams go nine and seven in conference. Un- so it's kind of no like question. who were you before no and after. No question. So I'm not, yeah, man, it's it's a nice picture of the team we can take away. Right. And, you know, develop that. And the next little boot of the schedule um, isn't exactly like it just was. So Right. That's true. And on top of it, it's a lot of home games. Yeah. A lot of home games, like, like TJ was saying, simple stuff. Sleeping in your own bed, eating food that you're familiar with. Just simple stuff. Yeah, Friends, twice in a family. Week isn't really easy. Isn't really easy. Yeah, and then on top of that, too, I mean... <sighs> I'm not saying that they party by any means, but what I'm saying is it is a California road trip yeah, with a new group of guys. It's a California road trip with a new group of guys. Cali. We're gonna enjoy ourselves a little like, bit. We we're gonna spicy a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we gotta we, we, yeah. we gotta we gotta be a team though. We gotta be a team. And um every time I hear that, I just wanna throw this random little story out there really quick. But when I was covering high school basketball at Westchester High School, um, Coach Azam, Coach Ed Azam, shout out. That it, I truthfully believe Ed Azam is the John Wooden of high school basketball. I firmly believe that. That's why I think I got like a special privilege to be able to cover him for four years. And that was one of the reasons, too, why I think my 11th grade year, my 10th grade year, I had a basketball tryout. I don't know how Palisades and Hamilton got into our gym. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. They told me afterwards, like, you come down, we got a spot for you, da 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 Even though a little portion of me knew I wouldn't make the team at Westchester, I was like, I got the opportunity to learn basketball from Coach Azam. Yeah. I'm going to just take this opportunity. So you can call me crazy in a moment, whatever, whatever. But, I mean, I'm happy that I did it. I remember specifically there was a state championship in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. When yeah, he yeah. went. Yep. Shout out. Shout out. You already know. When he went, one of the first stops that he made was Alcatraz. I heard that and I was like, wait a team minute. Stops or? Was, team stop? Team stop. Mm-hmm. I said, Coach, please explain the significance. Without a question, he was like, because we're on a vacation right now to play a game. I never want my boys to lose sight. Still a bigger thing outside of them outside of them gym walls called life. Yeah, the trip we took. Yeah, so if you don't make the right decisions, regardless of, you can go from playing a game and having that game take you around the world, you can end up here with one decision. And I thought that was powerful that they're on mm. the way to a national cha- or a state championship game. Actually, as soon as we touch this city, I want to show y'all something else. Had nothing to do with basketball. Yeah. So that's what I was saying. Like I don't think they were partying per se, but it's a California road trip. It's TJ. First time with the team. And the thing is, I have and no doubt that it was a, a, a an eventful trip. No doubt. The bonding experiences that I'm sure that they had over that trip is stuff that we could probably talk about on and the podcast. And even I think at sure. the game, I think Trey Young was at the game. I think Lamar Jackson was at the game or something. Like, it's kind of like, you know. The love is there. I'm, I'm watching the game, listening to Bill Walton on commentary. Like, Facts. Facts. <laughs> is this my team playing? Can he talk <laughs> about the game? <laughs> But like they're so in the gym, and I'm like, yeah, man, hey, this is a learning experience. We're going for to sure. I think that kicked off series with those two California teams that are going to be like a home and home series. Mm-hmm. We'll see them again. So, and that that may open up a lot more for us just in general because I know Cal wanted to be one of the first teams. I think Cal is the first team that we're going to play in Allegiant Stadium when it opens up. 
I know they when they first announced that we were moving in 2020, they kind of put their bid in right away. Can we be the first game? Um, yeah, nice yeah. I mean, relationship. Yeah, so I, I I see a lot of work with the Pac-12 in different sports. But, so we'll uh, see how that works for sure. We must say though, like Duke was that. It? We wanted to win those games. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. We wanted to win those games. And uh, again, looking at the schedule, I think that was probably the the three most postseason ready teams outside of conference that will encounter. So, I mean, like I said, the battle is always going to be meaningful. Can we talk a little bit about the Cal? I don't want to talk about the Cal game, but Cal themselves? Like, yeah, no, because yeah, because I, I think it's just they competition. They just see different competition. That I don't game think meant a lot. They for are going to be there at the that end. That game, I definitely believe, meant a lot for them as well. Hmm. Because uh, yeah, they're, they're, they've been um, not as respected as a program amongst their conference and amongst the nation. So I feel like this year, every year is you know your zero and zero, and it's, it's a new season. But I think this, they definitely are trying to ride that. I see a team that's pretty pretty talented. Um, I think the Pac-12 overall, though. More, I more, was just more, about to yeah, say. Almost more importantly, I just think that it's a good year for the Pac-12, which will make those games mean something. Definitely, because I'm over here thinking about Washington. I'm thinking about Oregon. Shout Washington, out to Juice. Yeah. Washington, Oregon's looking crazy. Utah, look, Utah put like 150 on somebody. I was about to say Utah too. You know what? And I'm not just about to say Juice. <laughs> they haven't and not mentioned even... USC or anybody in AZ. AZ got some crazy freshmen. Yeah, man. So I mean. Hopefully, we can go back and forth. I might have to. I might ride with the big. I might ride with the Pac-12 this year. Hold up. We'll get I'm that. not gonna lie to you. Yeah, we could. We could. We, could, we got until March to figure this out. <laughs> but we, you might be onto something. Actually, only reason why I um well I'm gonna go back to Oregon really quick when I uh, brought up uh, brought up Juice. But shout out to Shakur Juicing. Mm-hmm. Um, big win over Memphis. Shout out. And as it's funny because I said something going into his first game at Oregon, and I was like. I was looking at somebody and I was like, you know what's funny? They were like, what? I was like, Juice is notorious. I don't want to say he's a, I don't want to say bad by no means, but we've said the same thing. I'm not comparing the two in terms of talent. Just get the point. He's, mm-hmm. they said the same thing about LeBron. And what I'm saying about this is going into the first game, I was excited for Juice. I was excited to see what he was going to do. And then I kind of had to curb my enthusiasm because no pun. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know what it is? I was like, Juice is a slow starter. And I don't think it's a slow starter. Like, he can't get it together. I think he's trying to figure it out. He's trying to figure out, okay, this is what I can do. This is where I can, this is a spot I can get to. This is whatever, whatever. That first game, seeing him go two for six, I was like, I think he had six points and five rebounds or something like that. I was like. Started. Oh. Oh, he started for sure. I was like, oh. <laughs> that has changed. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. When I seen the second game, I was like, "There he goes." That that looks more like a juice that line. Yeah. And so I'm just I'm, I'm excited to see him learning his process still. Sure. But uh, it was just interesting because just in the two years of just being around him, seeing how he yeah. starts first games, yeah, he's and, not so and, worried about it. And knowing what that means is that to be at a new university and you're a season opening starter, right? Um, that means that. You were a very important piece of the puzzle in the Absolutely. minds of the coaching staff and administration, and the plan is to get you a part of our front eight. Like you know what I mean, and not even that since he's starting. So it's like, yeah, we'll see. We'll definitely have eyes on that going forward. I'm excited. It's a good thing to see for sure. Shooting, taking the three, all of that. 
Yeah, and I mean, and on top of that too, I think you kind of just brought up a couple of the main things that I would have brought up. Um, like you said, still shooting the ball, still energetic, still um, he got a he got a dog in him, man. And I mean, it's just you know what's funny? He like, he puts something jersey. That's that jersey basketball. And it's funny that you said that because he said, "What does this?" He said, "Caption this picture." That tri-state area. Yeah, he. I forgot what picture it was, but he was like caption this picture. It was something that was Oregon. Uh, he was in his uniform. And the first thing that came to my mind, just being a music head, New Jersey Devil. That's the first thing that came to my mind, and I was like, "Yeah, hey, that's that's, that's way that's too a dope easy." Shout out. I was like, "It's way too easy." <laughs> I was like, "Any," and I was just looking at some of the captions, and I was like, "Nobody said it." It's way too easy. But I was like, "All right, cool." But that's somebody that we're definitely watching. Um, if I, I believe I'm. Pretty sure, but Joel and Tom Way at um, Texas Tech isn't playing this year. Jonathan Chumachachu is he? No, I'm pretty sure. I don't think both he is. Of them are, yeah, yeah, and Jonathan Chumachachu, well, at least I know dating back to when I was paying attention to it in the summer that he was going to sit out this first year. Yeah, as well. and I've watched a couple Baylor games, and uh, yeah, no, no JT. Uh, yeah, I know you pay attention to uh, Baylor for sure, and I know I watched Texas Tech yeah, and Joel. They had a good matchup with Washington. Went down to the wire. They were both. They were like. They were like 13 to 16. I did see that game. 14. I did see that game. Season opener maybe for them. Mm-hmm. What's up with yeah. your Baylor? What's up with your Baylor school? They everywhere, man. Man, they they. Did you catch that football game yesterday? I didn't catch it, but ESPN had one snapshot of a picture. We all know Jalen Hurts' story, and you know how big of a fan of Jalen Hurts I am. They had a Jalen Hurts picture. I don't know if you looked with you looked at ESPN last night, yeah, like yeah, yeah. the website. Just that snapshot of him screaming. I had to explain to, that picture made me want to tell the story. Instantly, yeah. I was sitting around somebody who didn't know the story, and I was like, "You know what this is?" And she was like, "No." I just started. I was like, I think I started at his national championship. Then I started at the loss. Then I went to Tua taking over. Then I went yeah. to how sports play out. Tua's yeah. hip injury, him leading that comeback. Narrative, the narrative. The narrative is it, some stories write themselves. Yeah, oh, definitely, man. In that Oklahoma story, I would have mentioned Tua's injury. I would have. I would have. Absolutely, I would have. Because wow. the day that Tua's, that Tua's injury could have ruined Alabama's, Jalen could have saved Oklahoma's. So Tua absolutely would have been in my story. Man, that is a crazy story arc that just kind of accumulated a little bit yesterday. Seeing that, I felt like that was the biggest game remaining on the schedule for Oklahoma. Yes. And as Jalen Hurts, as a Heisman finalist, I think that that was the game where it's like if you lose this one, you're, you're, out of you're not getting it. You're out of it. You're and honestly, it. with the way that Joe Burrow is playing, just the fact that he lost a game, he might not be in it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm happy that we took the yeah. conversation where we took it real quick because I got like two minutes or so to finish up um, this UNLV basketball thing. But I want to touch on really quick that UCLA game because when we come back, we're going to talk the Tua injury and then we're going to talk college football in terms of UNLV. But um, let's talk really quick about two minutes if we can. Uh, for the first 15 minutes of that first half against UCLA, every point was scored by Amari Hardy and Donnie Tillman. Second game in a row. Every point. Second game in a row. I just want to bring that up one more time, and you can and ah, keep repeating yourself, and I'm gonna keep repeating that. mine. It was K State. It was 13 of our first. It was 13 of our 21 and a half. When you Amari. when you look at the first half, I think at halftime Amari had counted for 48 percent of our points or 49 or something along the lines that was of that. A good start from Donnie. Yeah, exactly. And on top of that, uh, even Donnie having a good game against Cal and UCLA in my mind, I was like familiar buildings, Pac-12. That's exactly where my mind went. Definitely However, showed itself. 404 left in the first half. Elijah Mitru Long knocks down the three. He became he becomes the third rebel to score a basket. 
Third different rebel to score a basket. One minute and 12 seconds left in the first quarter. Bryce gets that layup. He becomes the fourth rebel to score. In the second half, those are still the only rebels to score. Sheesh. It was something like that as well. It no, it's something. not something like that. I'm telling you right now. At UCLA, four people scored all of our points. And I don't know if you noticed, but I think we have four assists on the night. You know what's interesting? I typed an entire story around the stat that I just gave you, around the turnovers, around the California road trip, around Donnie Tillman and the Pac-12 yeah. uh, familiarity, all of those different things. And I didn't touch on assists. Just goes to show the multitude of things yeah. that need to be kind of tinkered with. Speaking of tinkering with, we're going to go to this short uh, commercial break. But when we get back, we're going to talk about tinkering with minutes. Before we get to UNLV football, I want to talk about minutes and if there's going to be somewhat of a balance. But if you guys are just tuning in, you guys are listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNLV. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, in studio with Daryl D. Hoop Harris. Yes, sir. And we'll be right back after the short break. Target. We will never roll over and let pain plan our day. We will protect our bodies and fight back by moving. We will do our morning laps, walk our dogs around the block, pass up the elevator and proudly take the stairs. Because arthritis can't beat us if we beat it first. In the fight against arthritis, you need a weapon. What's yours? To learn more, visit us at fightarthritispain.org. This message brought to you by the Arthritis Foundation and the Ad Council. 91.5 The Rebel HD2, the UNLV Surplus Center, along with 91.5 Jazz and More, will host our fall community pop-up shop Saturday, November 23rd from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the UNLV Surplus Center. The UNLV Surplus Center will offer special deals and fun events, including local artisan booths. The Surplus Center is located in the Thunder Warehouse on the UNLV campus between the Lead Library and the Thomas and Mack Center. More information available at 702-895-5384. That's 702-895-5384. The free weatherization assistance program at Help of Southern Nevada can reduce utility costs for low-income families by improving the energy efficiency of their homes. After an energy audit of your home, weatherization measures may be installed at no cost, including solar screens, weather stripping and caulking, new insulation, low-flow shower heads, energy-efficient light bulbs, and repairing or replacing broken windows, doors, hot water heaters, air conditioning units, and refrigerators. A healthier, more energy-efficient home has lower power bills, and these weatherization services are free. To find out if you qualify, call 702-795-0575. That's 702-795-0575. Help of Southern Nevada Weatherization Program, 702-795-0575. Program participation based on income requirements. This message sponsored by Help of Southern Nevada, aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. The Rebel HD2. I took Welcome back. Welcome back to Talk That Talk on 91.5, The Rebel HD2. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, in studio with Daryl D. Hoop Harris. Glad to be here, first and foremost. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday to you, brother. How you feeling? Good, man. Like you said, a little rejuvenated, just off yeah. the fact of, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing. 
<laughs> I, I think I think that's what it was because I was tired and coming in realizing I get to talk about sports. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll figure it out. Trust me. Um, so my mom's tip in for today before we go ahead and uh, wrap up UNLV basketball before we get into UNLV football. Uh, my mom said two things prevent us from happiness: living in the past and observing others. I'll read that one more time. Two things prevent us from happiness: living in the past and observing others. In the words of Joe Budden, mind the business that pays you. All right, let's go. Um, mm. UNLV basketball. That's I just want to touch on it real quick. TJ has let it be known plenty of times that he is not worried about a set rotation. He can care less if people can't identify a rotation, if people can identify roles and things of that nature. He doesn't care because he's worried about matchups. He's worried about game matchups, things like that. Does it concern you at all that this is the second time in the early going of the season, and we understand how shooters go, mm-hmm. does it concern you in the early going of the season that not in a, in a couple of games, not mm-hmm. only has Jonah Antonio struggled from the field, but he's been taken out of the game to a point to where TJ's had to take him out. He logged 11 minutes against UCLA. Yeah, it uh, there's a there's a noticeable trend there, and I don't because I think so. There's two things that go into that. It's, it's the home and on the road factor. Mm, okay. Because uh, I think that if he's at home and he sees one go in, like like that gives his that boosts his takeover meter like in his head. Like he can't wait to put the next couple up. Right. But not even that. Just the sequence of basketball in between, like. He's that's his that's his time to shine. But I feel like uh, flat out, yeah. No, I think the length, just their their length and activity and defensive consistency throughout the game was just problematic. And beyond that, I think he had a, I don't know, man, because he didn't play at all in the second half. He didn't yeah. play at all in the second half. Yeah. Um And I think he's had like a little nagging, uh, nagging. I don't know mindset or just in a little bit of a slump. Maybe on that was this week wasn't a good week. It's like that for a shooter could be and i think tj just made the decision to all right i'm not gonna overexpose i'm not gonna overplay my my hand right this early in the season and like you said it's ever gonna be an ever-evolving rotation right injuries come up so interesting to observe though you see you saw what i saw yeah that that the like i said i'm not i was more un i'll put it this way i was more bothered with the stat line of 11 minutes 0 for 1 it was a, a mystery pointer two personal fouls a turnover Again, in the 11 minutes, in my mind, that was a worse stat line than however how how many ever however many minutes he logged before when he shot one of six and they were all threes. He he logged yeah. what 26 minutes, 20 yeah. something minutes that game. The 11 bothered me because I was just like, granted, yeah, no, they were all first half too, and he started the game, started the game, started. and granted, the person so who why. started the second half for him, Bryce Hamilton. One of the only rebels to score, so yeah. you can't say TJ made the wrong decision in that. But observation that I was definitely gonna have to bring up if you didn't already. Yeah, it was just something that you know just kind of stood out to me. But um, Before, right beforehand, go ahead because we were talking well, about football, so I'm going to two and next. Hmm. Oh yeah. Well, maybe just last note on, on the basketball team. Mm-hmm. We'll just have to see if the if the lineup stays the same. What what it does. Yeah. And but TJ said something interesting after the game too. He said the guys that we went with are the guys who have earned the trust. So just me remembering the things that he said, I was like, so does that mean that the rotation is still fluid? Or does that mean that it's trust-based? Does that mean, is it a combination of both? Yeah. Is it, what is it? 
Because that's is it game by game? That, you know, being a member on the team, if you don't feel like you on that status, that that's not really gonna change. Right. And a person like Marvin, who's been here for a really, really long time, nothing against Marvin, but I'm gonna use Marvin as an example right now, and for no reason outside of the fact that Marvin's Marvin. been here one of the longest. Uh, yeah, shout out to Marv. and um, one of, one of the nicest guys too. If you ever talk to him, right. um, let's say Marvin doesn't have. Let's say Marvin's one of those players who doesn't have the trust of the team. Or the trust, excuse me, the trust of the coaching staff. Yeah. Or TJ or one of the coaches. Who cares? Let's say he doesn't have somebody's trust. But let's say you get a team like, and I know we don't play him this year, but let's say Pacific. Pacific is really, really guard heavy. I think we do. So, do we have Pacific this year? Uh, on the road. Look at God. There's a reason why I brought up Pacific. So, anyway, they're a guard heavy team. At least in previous seasons, they've mm -hmm. been a guard heavy team. So, is that a situation where you look at Marvin and you kind of say, we need you? Or do you look at it as you still haven't earned a trust? So regardless of the fact that we need you, you know what I mean? We're just going to play a bigger ours. lineup. How do we do it? Like, So I was just wondering that when he said the trust comment. Because I was just wondering how much does that affect? Is it a 50-50 thing? Is it by yeah, I'd bases? Love to see, what is it? I'd love to see us explore. You know? For sure. And I, I think that's I'd what he's doing. Explore. But also, I think you can't argue with the defensive product that we've seen. There's been sure. games where there's just a couple sleepy plays. where For sure easy baskets but that being said we've had no, nobody's dropped 80 on us yeah and that's kind of that's kind of meaningful and, a, and we play with pace we play with pace it's create many field goals many mm -hmm. shots many opportunities um a lot of turnovers, turnovers on the way that can get yeah right that can get cleaned up but like you said we the way that you kind of clean it up on the first i guess on the back half you can clean it up by not committing the turnovers yourself but in the early going if you commit turnovers you kind of wash your hands a little bit if you force them as yeah, well. Yeah, he's got to up. And this this team defensively has been performing. It's tough when you don't have the shots dropping to really convert. To see it. To we, see we, we talk about tangible stuff all the time. Yeah. You watch a basket go through. You see the points go up on the board. It's tangible. Yeah. But these are getting games, those key defensive stops, you don't see the stats. These are in the 40s and then the 50s. Facts. With like 10 minutes left. Facts. So, you know, Facts. these are these are competitive, grinded out games. So you can't argue with what they're putting out defensively. And I have no problem going on record saying when I go on record and I question something, I'll go on record and admit when I was wrong. I felt like we were going to come into this year and score with anybody. I felt like we weren't mm -hmm. going to be able to stop the bleeding on anything. Yeah. So, interesting to see because it's been the exact opposite. Bakke Jong, man. That boy's been competing. Man, I know I just said what I said about Marv being the nicest person if you talk to him. Um, Bakke got to be one of the funniest human beings yeah, ever in life. <laughs> ever like no I'm talking ever in life like Mbake is going Mbake is going to or my kids are going to know Mbake <laughs> like it, some people that you cover and you just deal with he's a spark plug like that's literally when I think of spark plug like I know NBA wise it's probably not always right but now you can think of Montrez Harrell before I thought of people like Roni Turioff only going to give you like four and seven but it's like yo I yeah. needed all of those four, and I needed all of those seven. Those minutes mattered. Exactly. So I look at somebody like Mbake for our team, and I'm like, undoubtedly, spark plug. Without him, I think we are lost without him. Man, we don't want to know. Yeah. We don't want to talk about that. Not even. Shout out to, shout out to Mbake. <laughs> Mbake is seriously one of the greatest people ever. Um, anything else you want to say? Nothing. Man, that's it uh, no. on that note. you know. So I'm going to try to segue this. I don't know if I'm going to do a good job of it, but – I was talking about players of old, and I was talking about Ronnie Turrier. I was just now spark plugs, things of that nature. I guess I could find a thousand different ways to segue this now because I said spark plug. Let's talk about how Tua was a spark plug for Alabama. Yeah. And that spark plug is no longer there. First of all, let's just address two. I've been claiming for the last maybe two months, my hip is really hurting. 
Like, it's really bad. And I've hyperextended my right knee before. And this is what bothers me because I've hyperextended my right knee before. And then clearly I tore my left Achilles. My doctor thinks during that torn Achilles that I tore my left meniscus. I just haven't got that checked out yet. So clearly I got bad knees, whatever the case may be. It bothers me when my hips start to hurt. Because I'm like, this is all connected. Am I, am I overcompensating for an injury and don't know it? So it's affecting my hip. And then literally to his news breaks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, first of all, I think that's one of the hardest injuries to deal with in general. Simply because, and this is just random, but I know you just stood up right now. If you were standing still, and now it's going to sound kind of crazy, but in high school, <laughs> my friend was talking to this girl and he was like, I bet you I could throw off your center of gravity. And she was like, <laughs> Don't be disrespecting me right now. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, No, seriously, I could throw off your center of gravity. And she was like, How? He was like, Stand as still as you can with your arms like out to your side. She did it. He went down. Whatever side of the hip you want to point, you want to point to. He had two fingers, literally took her hip and just budged it, like moved it a little bit. Her entire body started to sway. And she just kind of looked at him like, how'd you do that? Uh-uh. And he was like, your hip. Like, you people don't realize it because we're just walking. Your hip connects everything. Yeah. Like, your hip is literally, like, you don't realize what your no, hip. No, that's, that's, that's the body joint. It's literally a joint that <laughs> keeps everything moving and flexible. So when I saw Tua's injury, first thing I thought was not football. First thing I thought was life. Like, he's got to learn how to walk again. He's got to learn just certain things to do again. He's got to get comfortable carrying his body weight again. There's just plenty of different things that's new. And then to find out that's the same injury that ended Bo Jackson's career. So here's ooh-wee. So here's, here's the thing, bro. This is interesting. This is going to create for great content. I hope that I convey it well over the, over the radio waves. But lost, lost in yesterday's our football game. We both had to cover our game. I yep. think that was during, during – uh, Yeah, it was. No. The Bama game was early. That was. That was early. Game. Was early. Mm-hmm. Um, so our our day started early as well. I didn't catch really any TV until the PM. I have not seen the two a hit. I have not seen it either. Let's watch it now. I, I'm Let's taking. It. I got it right here. Yeah. I'm t- oh, you got I'm, it. I'm taking a look. I'm taking a look. All right, turn it around. Sorry, guys. We're literally doing this in the moment. Um, I haven't seen the hit. Can you, can you turn it sideways or can you? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna watch the two a hit right now. Again, prayers to two. I believe he went under surgery today. We shall see it right now. Okay. Was it the roll? Yikes. Yanked the helmet off immediately and is not oh my God. able to move. He's not, he's not, not that he's not able to move like something hurts. He's still and doesn't necessarily. Oh, mm. my gosh. Okay. All and right. that was only a live, a live take where the camera didn't stick with him. But right. Definitely those. Oh. I want you to. I want you to point at. I want you to talk about a couple of things that you just brought, that you just pointed out. Because we talk a lot about. Well, and yes, I'm happy. And after this, I think we can segue into UNLV football. Because I want you to touch on one thing that you just brought up. You said snatch his helmet off immediately. You see Nick Saban's reaction immediately. You've torn your ACL before. Granted, I keep telling people all the time when I tore my yeah, Achilles, it was different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When I tore my ACL, it was different. Or almost cursed achilles knock on wood jesus bless me god bless me god heal me because we know how we feel about sports and sports superstitions and Mm -hmm. my achilles when my achilles went i didn't know so 
I'm one of the very few who suffered the injury and didn't know in that moment what that injury was. But you just said it. Having been through two injuries, significant injuries, seeing Tua, seeing his coach's reaction, can you talk about that point when you suffer an injury or when you see an injury happens? And you obviously don't want to speculate, but you know something's wrong. That's when uh, I think the emotions kick in because stuff is painful. Um, injuries hurt. When you, but when you have kind of like a catastrophic, I don't want to say you use, use that word because that word yeah, is heavy. But when you have a scary. severe injury, the pain it, it's like a you know it's moment it's momentary it's it's unexpected and it, it comes, but there's a second of there's a there's a couple there's a, a moment or a period in time where you're just kind of there and you're like, what was this just now in my body? And the fear clicks the emotions and you're not even focusing on the pain. It's more like am i what i've never been here right and because you've never been here me and charles williams shout out to chuck uh who was named a co-sider all all academic team all named to the co-sider all academic team as well mm -hmm. and um me and chuck talked about it because everybody kind of like anytime they see me and chuck together they kind of laugh because they go back to both of us being in the boot at the same time and that's just what they go to and when i was interviewing chuck this year i kind of brought that up and i was like we were in the boot at the same time both dealt with injuries that had us out for about a year. And I told him, I know for a fact that every injury is different, but it doesn't matter who I talk to about the injury. It doesn't matter what the injury was. Like you said, in those moments when you're sitting there on the ground, when you're sitting there, whatever you're doing, or even if it's, this is the part where me and Chuck agreed on. I told him personally, I said, I don't know how he felt. And you can second this or third this as well. But I told him, the comparison of pain from when I actually injured myself compared to the comparison of the pain, and it's not physical pain, mm -hmm. but the mental and emotional pain of having to get up every day and realizing you can't cheat it. You can't cheat the system. Yep. That you're, that you you're have still, to go through it. That you're still on day 20 of 160. And the next day is only 21. <laughs> you can't wake up and it be 35. I told him that was the part. I told him when I tore my Achilles, I didn't cry. When they told me, I didn't cry. During rehab, I cried. Amen. In fact, it, it breaks you. The hardest really. thing was picking up the towel, the ta the toe scrunches on the towel. I was like, when oh, you this is easy. You can't do something Simple. fundamental. <laughs> bro, that's when I cried, bro. When I was really sitting there and I was like, I was trying to scrunch the towel and the towel wouldn't move. Yeah. And I truthfully was like, What the f what's going on? Facts. And I teared up and I was like, I can't do this. I was like 12 months for real. I was like, nah, bro, this ain't gonna work. I was like, this ain't Man, gonna work. Another something very super similar, super quick. So I did that to my legs. I did that to my ACL and both in college, but mm. going into my sophomore year of high school, 15 years old, I broke my leg. Mm. Um, so I did my four weeks in the cast, got out the cast, legs still super jacked up, super stiff. Um, my auntie's a nurse. She's a family doctor. You know everybody got the family doctor. Everybody. <laughs> family everybody. doctor. I got my auntie here. Auntie Amanda. Shout out to Auntie Amanda. Um, Shout out. And so I'm, I'm out the cast, but I, I'm still I'm still on the crutches. And then she comes over. She's looking at me. And she's just trying to bend my leg back mm. to 90 degrees, like to, to like a seated bend. Oh, my gosh. And I'm just feeling like a, a point at like the bend of my knee that is like at, at – 
It's like if you continue to push this, something's going to come out. I was like, I, I can't. You're gonna break and it again. I, was like, I'm, I did the time. I'm young. I'm you know I'm bright. I don't need nothing of it. So, but that was when I was like, I'm still. <laughs> I'm not out. Yeah, man, that I'm is crazy. Out. Like, and then like I said, ACLs. It, the the fracture that Chuck had. I don't want to specify. Get too specific into it. But the the fracture that Chuck had, my Achilles, your ACL. Those are long standing injuries. Like, those are, like, when I came out of the boot, I'm going to be completely honest. When I came out of the boot, shout out to Dr. Barnes, who I seen him at the football game yesterday. Shout out to Dr. Barnes. I came out the boot, and he was like, good, you're out the boot, whatever, whatever. And I was in the boot for longer, too, because I didn't know how to use crutches. I had never had a, a significant injury like that, so yeah, I wasn't using wasn't my crutches. Rock with the crutches. I wasn't trying to I wasn't trying to die. <laughs> like, I got to go upstairs and stuff. So it's like, if I don't want to use them, like my dad said, you going to tear the other one. Like, you get off them. So I was like, okay, cool. So because of that, my process was just a little bit longer. But when I saw Barnes, he was like, cool, the boot is good. You passed the physical test. I was like, so I can run? He was like, no, you're clear to walk on the treadmill and do the exercise bike for the next three months. I said, I'm sorry, what? Right. You do try to stay on the boot, and that boot trick you into thinking you almost good. I was in the boot the whole semester. Yeah. So when I went home for summer, out of the boot, I was like, it's lit. Wait a minute. So my real rehab don't start until fall starts again. It's really going to take a year. That's when I came to the realization when the boot came off. Oh, I still got six more months. Facts. And you and me actually used to go get shots up in the Mendenhall. We don't do that as often anymore. My rehab really took a year. So I see why Boogie came back, played at a professional level, and tore his ACL. Boogie, you weren't ready. Trust me, Boogie. I tore mine the and day it, that you tore yours. Or the day before you tore yours. Oh, God. And you came back when I was in the middle of my rehab. How, Boogie? You weigh 280 pounds. You're a pro, Boogie. <laughs> Forget that. You're a pro, dog. You, you. Why am I still going through rehab and I don't even play a professional sport? How are you on the court right now? Trying to guard. How are you? Come on, bro. In the playoffs. Bro, when that quad went and then that ACL went, Boogie, it's all back to your Achilles, bro. That's why I pray for Boogie every single day. Shout out to DeMarcus Cousins. One of the nicest. Again, another person whose reputation precedes him. If you meet Boogie, I swear. Yeah. Boogie's like every every friend I went to high school with. I promise you. But if you guys are just tuning in, like you guys are. Oh, go ahead. You got one real quick? It's not, it's not a hard like stop. So we're seeing it right now. It's like uh, with Kuzma. True. It takes and weeks. Paul George and Gordon Hayward, definitely a lot of people. It takes oh well, yeah, yeah, definitely to come off a season of severity, but even off of a, he's, he just had the nursing his nursing his ankle. But if you're watching, it's like yo, Kuz, where you at, bro? Until that game, you kind of stepped up and clenched. But like his first couple games were like we knew it was time to get his legs under you, but that takes time. It takes a lot of time. Paul George put up 33 in the season opener up. and was like, it was a bad game. It was trash. Like believe an athlete when they say that. Because I'm letting you know, even though regardless of what that stat sheet say, I don't feel like myself. <laughs> don't so, expect this from me. So let that be known. He scored 33 and was like, eh, rust. <laughs> I'd rather not talk about it that much. <laughs> ah, You guys are listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5 Rebel HD2 KUNV Las Vegas. When we get back, we will wrap up what happened with UNLV's football and where the 2-8 and eight UNLV Rebels go from here. Stay tuned. Point five, the Rebel HD2. Life is about challenges. 
Parents know when growing up, simple tasks may seem impossible. In Nevada, we're committed to our children so they reach their best potential. That's why our standards for education are high. Students are advancing faster than ever now. We must make sure they stay challenged. Learn more about Nevada's standards for education. Visit NevadaReady.gov. This message is sponsored by the United Way of Southern Nevada. Aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. The Rebel HD2. Welcome back. Welcome back to Talk That Talk. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, and you are listening on 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNLV. I am joined in studio with Daryl D. Hoop Harris. Whew. Yeah, man. These these sessions are like, I know we keep saying podcasts are like our therapy sessions, and it truthfully is, but... These are a different type of therapy session. I don't know. I think just being in a studio is just different. Yeah. Being in here is just different. Um, so let me see. Where do I want to go from here? UNLV football. That's what we say, right? UNLV football is it. Um, coming into the game, coming into homecoming, coming into the last two games at Sandboy Stadium, um, the Rebels were looking at or staring at a 2-7 record. 0-5 in conference. Um, we've had this conversation plenty of times, and I'm not going to preface too much in here. I, I truthfully don't want to. But my dad called us the Washington Redskins of our conference, and I laughed. I laughed kind of hard. <laughs> I laughed kind of hard. I did. I laughed, and I told him to get off my phone. So I didn't know how to feel about it, but I just want to share it with you guys, let you guys take away what you take away. But... um. We I'm were, just going to jump right into it. We were in a game yesterday. Three first quarter turnovers and only seven points to show for it. And I'm talking three turnovers in our first three drives. Interception, fumble, interception. One of the things that just bothered me, we'll get to King and Oblad and what Sanchez had to say about him because I do want to shoot Sanchez a lot of bill today. Um, however... That third pick, I want to make sure I'm talking about the right one. That third, excuse me, that third turnover, that second pick by Jericho Flowers, we'll talk about what Jericho did in a second too. Um, he returns it to the to the Hawaii 31-yard line. That's where the drive starts. I've, I've Obviously, I've been talking with people just outside, and they've just told me what they feel, what they feel, what they feel. One of the things that I've heard most common is <laughs> and people joke with me and tell me, hey, you should tell Sanchez it's okay to throw the ball on first down. That's the common thing that I've gotten from everybody. Okay, cool. The first play was, I believe it was either a hitch route. I don't know if it was a wide receiver screen. Exactly, I don't know. I don't even remember exactly what it was. But it was a two-yard pass to Tyleek Collins that lost two yards. I don't know. Might have, the drive might have started at the 29. No, actually, yeah. I lied. I lied. It was 31. Reason why is because two-yard loss, so now you're at the 33. At second, at second and 12 from the 33-yard line. Char Charles, shout out to Chuck, rushes for four yards. I have a question as to why you would run the ball on the second and 12 anyway. But whatever. That third down, Chad runs the exact same play for four more yards. Oh, my goodness. 
I said, so we just wait a minute. So we're staring <laughs> at a th- at a third and eight that in we kind of walked into in the first quarter after a third turnover, and then we run the ball again on the third down. I tried not to overreact in the moment, and then I felt like I did. But then what happened happened. And I was just talking with somebody on the sideline, and you know how I feel about energies and trying and not trying to put out negative energies. I said, you know what I truthfully believe happened? They were like, what? I said, I think we made the cardinal sin, and you just don't test football guys. And I think we made the worst decision we could have made. I think when we got that pick inside of their 30 or at their 30, in everybody's mind, we put that three points up on the board. We thought, regardless of what happens, we'll walk away with a 10-point lead. And you were banking on that field goal. And I told somebody, watch. We're going to miss this field goal. We're going to lose this game. Once we missed the field goal, I looked at him and was like, we lost it. And we were up 7 nothing at the time. And we didn't score again. Where I'm gonna leave it at. Opportunities. You want to cash in on that, man, because it's so frustrating when you, when you see that, like you said, we have an offense that struggles to move the ball. And I'm of the mindset of, you know, if you're playing with your back against, um, in your own territory sometimes, and if you're playing short yard situations and you, you feel like a first down is a stretch anyway, sometimes you want to play it safe on third down. For and sure. Like, you know what? We're going long game this, play a war of attrition. We're going. That second and 12 keep just y'all on bothered against me. your own end zone. Like, you know, right. it's not going, you know, let something that could go bad turn into something worse. And right. So I don't, it's, you know, hey, that's all right. Trust the coaching. Maybe they got something planned. But that's why I asked did that first pass, you, you, you started the oh, drive passing the ball. Definitely. You went backwards. <laughs> did that, did, so yeah, be honest, can, did, it, did it startle y'all to the point to where you were like, I can't get out of field goal range? So let's just make sure that we run the ball, stay in field goal range. But then now you're conservative. Yeah. You're conservative with a lead after you force three turnovers. In the first I, there are times to be first quarter. <laughs> there are times to be conservative with reason. In that situation, if you weren't conservative, I feel like you have a little in those situations. Obviously, it's, it's a bang, bang, literally coaching call to go make. But you have one of two decisions to make. If I go conservative, what's the conversation? Maybe you don't even think about the conversation at all. But if you go conservative, what do we always do in the conversation that we have? We weigh the pros and the cons. Yeah. If I go conservative in a situation, what what can happen? Now, if I go big or go home in a situation, what can happen? Yep. I'm not going to lie. After the third turnover, 7 nothing lead, Kenyon, I'm letting you throw the ball three straight times. Yeah, we need results. We need, we need 14 at this point. Let's put our foot on their necks. Let's keep. They're already outnumbering us in our stadium. Yeah. Oh man. Hawaii already already travels well. Man, they did. They they. And they're already loud. They were out there. And they're gonna keep being out there. So this is the time to go about fourteen, not ten. And it was such, it was such a, a gasp of like, ah, you're right. The moment you had after the field goal was in the audience in the second half. When, when I got that pick six. And speaking of the pick six, I'm so happy that you said that. To know that that's what happened in the stands, thank you for letting me know that because I didn't know. But the same thing that we just talked about with Nick Saban, you know instantly when you just feel something. Nick Saban, you've seen him kind of sway his head back and forth like, 
yeah, something's wrong with Tua. Like, <laughs> something's wrong. He knew it right away. Without trying to cast any aspersions on anybody's character, I watched that entire sidelines. Everybody, coaches included, shoulders sunk on that pick six. Everybody shoulders sunk. Everybody. I watched it. I watched it. And you know what else? Yeah. I'm sure Kenyon watched it. That's what I did. I, my shoulders, I did my, my shoulders. My spot. We we talked about momentum a lot, and then to have a game, and you see, feel like it's. They, you, Hawaii, you, I feel like Hawaii gave it, them every opportunity. Then you got to watch it get ran back. That that's. I feel like those are the longest plays. Like, I feel like those oh, are the longest oh, plays oh, in oh, history. Going back is oh, pick sixes against back. you are the longest plays. Are they not? I feel like that play takes so much time. Like you the clock. You're just watching them like. Nobody gonna catch on. Nobody gonna catch. Ain't nobody even close. And this, I swear it's the longest play. They got the block. Yep, they got the. It's the longest play in sports. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the longest play in sports. It will make you sit there and just starts, be like, "Because from where it starts, it's like, all right, second down." <laughs> we you know, you know what I think it is. You know, because like you said, so much happens in such a short amount of time. You think about what drive, what down you on field position. Okay, let's just string a nice drive together. Ball. <laughs> okay, they have the ball. Okay, they returned it. Okay, they're gonna score. Like, in a matter of 10 seconds, you're like, wait a minute, what just... 14? They got 14? We wait, were trying to get 14. <laughs> it... What just happened? We were just at our 38, and now they got seven points on the board. We've been trying to get 14 for, for, a, half hour, for a half hour. <laughs> I don't want to talk How about they that. just get 14? We're going to... We gonna, we gonna, let's go. Let's, actually, let me touch on it now. Because this is the part that I wanted to shoot Sanchez some uh, bail on. Because... Let's talk about those interceptions because Kenyon threw another one down 14 points in the fourth quarter, about 10 minutes left. So there's time left. He's at the six-yard line. Kenyon was intercepted at the one. And I just want to talk about what the quotes were because I was typing these quotes like yesterday and I was like, Sanchez handled this, the I feel like, one of the best ways a coach can. A coach could. Um, so this is about the pick six. The pick six was really tough, Sanchez said. You've got to be careful how hard you are on them in that moment. But bottom line, it's just football one-on-one. If I'm rolling to my left, I'm never going to throw across my body to the right and vice versa. You have, cho- you have choices as coaches, and you guys know me. I'm a fiery guy. But when you've got a young quarterback like that, and he's working his tail off, and he's already throwing a pick six, he's already feeling that. Sanchez said. Is he a lefty? King? Yeah. The King's a righty. Okay. Um, you have to be careful how hard you are on them in that moment. It's better to sit down with them in a film room, watch it with them, and go over it with them. That like, might be one of my favorite quotes from Sanchez. Ever. I was gonna say, yeah, how you feel about that? Because that I might mean, be one of my favorite quotes from Sanchez in history. It was blunt. It was. It was. It was frank, and I mean, it was. But I respect it though, because at the end of the day, that's what you have to do. But he didn't sugarcoat his comment about his quarterback. At all. And there's two other uh, quotes I want to read from him about Kenyon, too, before we talk about Jericho. And hopefully the last hour is all pro sports. We can give you guys updates on week 11 in the NFL and while the Detroit Lions are giving the Dallas Cowboys a game. But anyway, um, he goes on to say you're sitting in a situation. Now, this is the second interception. You're sitting in a situation where you're down 21-7. You need to put points on the board. There's still a lot of time left. You can get a stop and get the ball back. You've got a great opportunity. You're in a third down situation. If nobody's open, you have to get rid of the ball. Just get rid of it. 
there's no reason to force the ball there. You still have a great opportunity on fourth down to execute. That was another quote. Well, again, one of my favorite quotes by him. And then this last one I thought was really, really important because they were saying, like the Fresno State game, he struggled. And he was saying that he thought that it was important for Kenyon to go through that because it's growing pains. You know what I mean? You go through games where you literally have nothing going for you. Um, and then this is the last thing that he said because after everything that he said about Kenyon, this is the way I ended my story. This is why I thought it was really powerful. With everything that he said about Kenyon, they asked him with the way that the game was going, with the offense being stagnant, with the